one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. An Erio's original. Each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado Smith, and this is The Aftermath. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode of The Aftermath. Today, we're speaking with Gustavo Vasquez Lozano. Gustavo is an expert on the Second Mexican Empire. He has written extensively about early Christianity and Mexico's history. Among his most recent publications are The History of the Aztec Eagles, The Mexican Pilots in World War II, and The Life of Empress Carlotta after the failed Mexican Empire. Let's hear what he has to say about Cinco de Mayo and the Battle of Puebla. Hi, Gustavo. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Rebecca. Glad to be here. <laughs> so our episode is about Cinco de Mayo, uh, but we made sure to explain that it's not, in fact, Mexican Independence Day for That's our right. listeners. Um, can you talk about the actual Mexican independence from Spain uh, leading up to 1821? Uh, how was it achieved and why did it take so long? Okay, um, Yes, we have to, to make clear that Mexican Independence Day uh, happened 40 years before the Battle of Cinco de Mayo. And um, it actually, the war started in 1810. So we're talking about uh, 21 years of fighting, which uh, of course was not continuous fighting, but um, a series of uh, small uprisings here and there in Mexico. And um, it was actually a lost war 
the the Mexican revolutionaries were uh, most of all most of them captured and killed, and uh, the movement seemed to have stopped at, at a certain moment until there was an agreement in the higher sphere of power um, to achieve Mexican independence in 1821. Okay, so what happened in Mexico following the, their victory uh, for independence? Who governed Mexico and why, what was happening in the country that made it so fractured between all the parties? Uh, that's a very interesting question. When Mexico achieved it, uh, independence, there was a very short uh, period of time uh, which was peaceful. We have one emperor, Agustin I, and one president, uh, Guadalupe Victoria. Oh. And uh, yeah, it's a, a, it's a great name. No. <laughs> oh, a man. <laughs> a man. <laughs> Not actually his real name. <laughs> his name was Manuel. Ah, okay. But uh, he he chose a wonderful, a wonderful, very um, propagandistic uh, name, Guadalupe Victoria, which means Guadalupe and Victory. He was the only president to be able to finish his uh, four-year term. And after that, we had 40 years of constant fighting and coup d'etats and uh, revolutions and not a single president until Cinco de Mayo, which is what we're going to talk about, was able to finish peacefully his term of government. What was La Reforma? Uh, and, and how did it play out? Was this the, the war, the, the time period between the independence and uh, the Battle of Puebla. Can you explain what La Reforma was? That is correct. Okay. You you asked before what was the uh, motivo. Uh huh. The motivation. Uh huh. The motivation of this constant fighting, and there was a division between what they called at the time conservatives and liberals. Mm, that is not the modern day division between conservatives and liberal. Uh, it was a. Conservatives were the group of politicians and military that was uh, wanting to come back to the old status quo, meaning um, a strong relationship with the Spanish Empire, uh, a strong influence for the church and the army. And the liberals were more for a republic and... Um, Mm, the economic uh, uh, liberal theories of the, of the time. Um, and uh, the war of reforma was the, the culmination of this uh, mm, enfrentamiento. Confrontation. Yes. And it was a very destructive period in the life of the country, which lasted for three years. And the country was totally devastated after this three-year war called La Guerra de Reforma, the War of Reform, which uh, is right before the Battle of Cinco de Mayo. So perhaps um, you can explain to us um, what kind of debt uh, did Mexico fall into during La Reforma? Um, and 
And do you can you explain to us what the Jekker bonds were? Sure. The the Jekker bonds was a debt contracted by the conservative band by President Miramon. But when the conservatives lost the war, obviously the liberal uh, triumphant uh, president didn't recognize this debt. Mm-hmm. And he did recognize his past debt. Mexico was very, very indebted at the time. And um, because of this war, because of the need of reconstruction, President Benito Juarez decided to stop the payment of the external debt. And this is what caused the infuration of the principal debtors, which were England, France, and Spain. So all of these countries, England, France, and and Spain, did they decide that they wanted to invade Mexico um, to take advantage? Why did they do so? Yes, um, actually, uh, England, Spain, and France had uh, different purposes. But yes, they did meet. They decided to come to Mexico. They didn't call it an invasion. They had a, a lot of euphemisms, like uh, <laughs> some countries still do. They call it a um, peacekeeping mission. And they call it a civilizing mission. I don't know if that's a word exists. That, yes. To bring civilization. That makes sense. To that the they country. Were, yeah. So, so they, they- uh, sorry, they issued a joint declaration stating that they were coming not to invade Mexico, not to bring war on the Mexicans, but to help a helpless country, which was divided by internal war during 40 years. They were going to establish peace and they were going to help them choose a wise government, which will bring them uh, stabilization and peace. But uh, when you study history, you see that the three countries had actually very different agendas. Spain and England were actually to collect the debt or reach an agreement. And that's why they withdrew very soon after the the landing. But Frayne was a different, a whole different story. They had another agenda, which was to invade Mexico and to conquer Mexico. And that's when uh, French General Lorenzis, I'm probably saying that incorrectly, but <laughs> um, he, he comes into the picture, right? What, what is his role in, in this war? Okay, he was the commander-in-chief of the French expedition. This is what happened. The, the three nations landed in Veracruz, which is the port city in the Gulf of Mexico. And... Uh, President Juarez of Mexico had, um, in my opinion, very um, innocent gesture. Oh. Uh, Like a a very friendly gesture, which was to allow the invading armies to come inward, to march inland, so they will avoid the diseases of the Veracruz coast. And he said, but... If we don't reach an agreement, you agree to go back to Veracruz. 
was like a gentleman's um, wow agreement. that's very kind that's yes. very kind <laughs> extremely kind and a little stupid in my opinion <laughs> because uh, they met the delegates of the uh, intervening nation in Mexico they met in Cordoba which is a few kilometers inland uh, in a safe environment they reached an agreement France uh, I'm sorry, Spain and England said, okay, you promised you'd pay, you promised uh, you, to honor your debts, we go away. And we're seeing that France is, uh, is not uh, behaving very well. We're seeing another intentions, and they did. So France looked for a very silly um, pretexto, yeah, pretext. Pretext. Uh-huh. To uh, provoke shootings and uh, start a war. Oh. Because uh, there was there's a figure here which is Napoleon III. He wanted to establish uh, an empire in Mexico because he wanted first to stop the American um, expansion in the continent and he wanted to establish an empire, a big empire in the American continent to defend the Latin culture. I see. So could you walk us through the events that happened uh, at the Battle of Puebla? How did this small Mexican army, uh, and please explain to us who, who it consisted of, um, who was in the Mexican army and who was it led by? How did they defeat this much larger French army? It was a, a two-part uh, strategy. First, um, let me tell you that um, as soon as you land in Mexico, in Veracruz, you see a huge chain of mountains blocking the way to the interior of the country. There is only a small passage which, is, which was called at the time the, El Paso de Atlixco. And that was the only way for the armies to march inland. And France, of course, headed that way. Ignacio Zaragoza was the commander-in-chief of the Mexican army, and he met the, the French army in the Paso the, uh, of the mountains, the mountain pass. And he engañou the French army. Uh, he uh, tricked. He tricked the <laughs> French army. He presented combat, but uh, in a very inefficient way. They just uh, made a few shots and they ran. And Lawrence's, which you mentioned, which was, which was the French uh, commander-in-chief, said, oh, these Mexicans don't want to fight. They are not prepared. They ran from our first uh, shootings and he sent a telegram to France saying, we have such superiority of uh, race, army and culture over the Mexicans that you can consider uh, that Mexico is already conquered. Wow. And um, he was very confident. That was his great mistake. He marched to Puebla which was the next city in, on the way. 
This is where the battle took place between an army of uh, 4,000 on Mexico, which uh, were not professional soldiers, I must say. They were mostly um, peasants, uh, reclutados. Uh, locals? Yes, which were uh, recruited by the army. Ah, ah. And they were not professionally uh, trained, except for a few. And uh, 6,000 soldiers by in the French side, which were, of course, very seasoned soldiers, which had fought and experienced in Africa, in uh, Europe, and in Asia. And this was the very the similar forces. 4,000 poor Mexican peasants against 6,000 uh, elite uh, French soldiers. I'm assuming well-armed, too. Of course, and with um, a greater technology, more experienced and very, very confident that they were going to to be the winners. So what was their strategy? How did they win? How did they manage to defeat them? The, ba the battle took place uh, outside of the city of Puebla on a hill that was called uh, Loreto and uh, Guadalupe Hills. There are actually two hills. And there was a fort um, at the top. So Zaragoza and their army uh, retreated uh, in order from the first encounter. They went up the hill, they fortified the hill, and uh, the French came on the next day. They were so confident that they didn't even try to surprise the army. They, they sat in front of the hill and they started, so the history said, to make coffee. <laughs> <laughs> they started to make coffee and to take things very calmly. Leisurely, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, because they were over overconfident. And um, so they started, maybe I shall switch to Spanish at this yes. Yeah, you can go ahead. Mm -hmm. For the more technical uh, part of the war. <laughs> okay. Mm, Francia llegó al, a la base de los cerros y empezó con un ataque de artillería. France uh, arrived uh, at the battle and started uh, an artillery attack. Sobre los fuertes. Pero después de varios minutos, como eran disparos hacia arriba, hacia la cumbre del fuerte, no pudieron hasta muchas horas después hacer un solo agujero en el fuerte. So, after a, a few hours, they started shooting, but it was going up, upwards. The, uh, they were shooting upwards, and so it was very difficult to... Um, uh, to be able to uh, penetrate the fort. Yes. yes, they couldn't make a single hole, so, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Lawrence, says the French general, was uh, very angry. He decided then, after seeing that he'd spent half of uh, the cannonballs he brought, then he decided to send uh, men on foot. I think it's the infantry. And then started combat body to body. At the first moment, it said that uh, a few Mexicans ran away 
in panic because they had the famous suavos in front of them, which were very seasoned fighters from uh, Libya and Africa and uh, other uh, exceptional battles. But they came back and um, they started uh, shooting. But uh, los franceses tenían una batalla hacia arriba del cerro y no esperaban que los mexicanos no hicieron un solo disparo, sino hasta que los tuvieron a 10 metros lejos de ellos. So the, the French were essentially battling upwards and they didn't expect for the Mexican army not to shoot at them until they were much closer. So I'm assuming that saved the Mexican uh, army a lot of uh, ammunition. Exactly. They started, eh, empezaron una lucha de cuerpo a cuerpo y hubo incidentes heroicos. Muchos mexicanos estaban peleando, por ejemplo, con lazos, with ropes. Wow. So they were doing hand-to-hand -hand combat. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and fighting with uh, the Mexicans really just had ropes as, as weapons. Some of them. Uh -huh. Y otros tenían, eh, desde luego, rifles, espadas. Pero eh, creo que el error de Francia fue ser overconfident, muy confiado en que los mexicanos iban a literalmente correr. <laughs> so, the, I mean, the Mexicans had swords, they had uh, rifles, um, but the, the biggest mistake the French did was be, be overconfident and assume that the Mexicans were going to run. Yes, basically. They didn't expect such a fierce fighting. And uh, uh, Francia tuvo que retroceder tres veces. Primero arriba del cerro, después abajo del cerro, incluso tres veces. Y en la tercera ocasión, Zaragoza, el me general mexicano, tenía una sorpresa. La caballería, ambos lados del cerro. So the Mexicans retreated three times, went back and forth three times, until the third time, uh, Zaragoza had a big surprise for, for the French army, and it was uh, two cavalries. Yes. Correct? Uh-huh. Yes, that is correct. And uh, this was the final blow to the French army, which uh, started to retreat in order. And then came the cavalry of General Porfirio Diaz, which was going to be a very uh, famous president of Mexico in the following years. And he started chasing the French army, which is uh, surprising. He was very brave. He was uh, very angry at the French and he started following them to finish them off. But Zaragoza ordered him to come back. So uh, after they, uh, the, the, the Mexican army obviously defeats the French, uh, this is a big victory for the Mexicans. Uh, what happens after, um, you know, how long does uh, Benito Juarez stay in power? Uh, he stayed in power for a few more years. And what happened to the French? This is very important. Uh, General Lawrence was in disgrace and he was uh, recalled France. 
and the invasion was delayed for one year. France, of course, returned to Mexico with six times more manpower. Oh, wow. Which is uh, 24,000 French soldiers. But this was a year later. And this this is why Cinco de Mayo is an important battle. This was... This is why it was important to win, because it delayed the invasion for one year. And this allowed for uh, war conditions to change. I'm talking especially about the United States, which was in the middle of the Civil War and was not able to help in 1862. But he was coming out of the war, and this year proved fatal for Napoleon. Uh, it, so after the war, the the French uh, invade, and uh, we we talked a little bit about the Archduke of Austria, who is sent uh, to Mexico to govern, mostly just out of uh, he's a figurehead, um, yes. not really doing much governing. Um, how does uh, Benito Juarez uh, take back the uh, power? It was thanks to two developments in the world politics. First, with the help of the United States, which came out of the Civil War and was able to help Juarez. And second, because Napoleon had his own problems in Europe and he had to recall his troops to fight Prussia and Uh other enemies. This is uh, very important because Napoleon was going to help the Confederate uh, party in the Civil War. So if he had won Cinco de Mayo, he could have reached the northern Mexican border in 1862 or 1863 and help the Confederate uh, army or the Confederate uh, side. So really, we should all be celebrating Cinco de Mayo here in the United States because it, it helped stop the, the uh, it helped our own civil war, essentially. Exactly. And that is why the Juarez, Benito Juarez side, which is the Republicans and the Union in the United States were on one side of the war. And Napoleon and the Confederates were on the other side of the war. And that is why Cinco de Mayo unites both countries. Because it was a triumph for uh, the Union and for Juarez. Wow, that's amazing. Um, So at the end of the day, we always ask our experts this question. If you had to blame something or someone It could be a concept, uh, it doesn't have to be a person, uh, for the invasion of Mexico that led to the Battle of Puebla, who or what would that be? That's a great question. (laughs) I think the great uh, guilty, who is to blame, is Mexico's internal fighting. Mexico's constant fighting, 40 years of uh, wars, 40 years of revolutions, one after the other, 40 years of dissent, uh, violent dissent, I mean, which uh, made Mexico an easy prey for foreign powers and uh, to make it a weak country. 
not to be able to discuss politics peacefully, to reach an agreement, to be democratic. This was what weakened Mexico. He, uh, it's a constant fighting, it's constant, constant revolutions and civil wars. Gustavo, thank you so much for uh, discussing uh, Cinco de Mayo, uh, which will now take on a new meaning for all of us here at The Alarmist. Yes, I think both countries should celebrate this important date. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. And fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. I thought it was so beautiful just how Gustavo explained how the two of us should really be celebrating Cinco de Mayo, which is today. This, is, this episode is dropping on Cinco de Mayo. On the day. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo, everyone. We should be celebrating together. There's a lot of reason here. I'm sure right now somewhere <laughs> someone is drinking vast amounts of margaritas. Yes. And perhaps, you know, and I guess you can celebrate however you want, right? It's We're true. not here to tell you how to celebrate. But, it, you know, just keeping in mind how our histories are all so connected between all of our neighbors and our mm -hmm. different country, you know, the, the different countries around the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we, we said, you know, Mexico is was luck was unlucky because we were busy. We were lucky because Mexico was busy. That was basically what he said, right? And essentially, they put off the invasion of Mexico uh, for enough time enough to time. get aid from the U.S. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Well, and vice versa, right? Yeah. They, they, 
if they ha- if if France wasn't so busy fighting Mexico, then uh, perhaps the um, the Confederates would have had more support. Is mm-hmm. what I th- you know what he was saying. Yeah, exactly. I I also thought it was really really cool having him take us through the events of that battle, and it really painted a picture for me um, how Mexico. Uh, defeated the French in that moment. And you know what actually made me think of? Have you guys, do you guys remember uh, the Three Amigos? Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I I need to revisit. But like my dumb, like uh, millennial brain thought of the Three Amigos. And isn't that how they defeated the, uh, that band of, of, of those evil dudes? They like made a few shots and they gave the, they put all of the locals in uniform and basically made it feel like there was a larger presence and scared mm. him off. But it was similar. It wasn't the same, but I just found it to be similar enough. <laughs> oh Rebecca's my God. looking at I'm the li- three literally, amigos. Uh, I, I mean, I, of course, have heard of it, and, and the images are very clear. Well, when he was explaining the, the, when the French were passing through the passage in Veracruz and the uh, Mexican army you know, shot a few shots at them and ran. And mm-hmm. that was the, that was game set match because that made the French totally overconfident. <laughs> the image yeah. of them finally getting to the hill and sitting and having coffee. That was is like so hilarious. funny. <laughs> I feel, I feel like this is like a scene from a movie that I've seen that I can't think of, but it's like really like they clearly have the advantage on the home turf, right? They're like, Oh, we know the lay of the land. We'll just like fire a few shots, run inland, run up the hills, kind of like they'll right. follow us in and then we'll just pluck them off, make them yeah. make ourselves smart and and amazing acts of bravery from the locals to fight in some cases with just like you was saying a lasso or or with their hand mm-hmm. to hand-to-hand combat against this <laughs> i mean um just imagine you have army. this massive french army coming at you and all you have is rope yeah somebody throws you like a, a broken bottle and like a <laughs> some rope and is like hey buddy stand here <laughs> the french are gonna come they might have some big guns and stuff just kind of just like keep them busy and the, and then they have the cavalry in the back pocket. I I'm not a I don't do a lot of war history. I doesn't it, it's hard for me to like picture all that stuff and mm. relate to it in any way and so I get a little bit distracted, but it was fascinating hearing him take, you know, take you through how this battle unfolded. Well, it was it seemed to be extremely strategic uh on the, you know, on the Mexico side. Yeah. Um the just the fact that they held up they knew that the, you know, shooting upwards was not really going to affect them and so just like uh, holding off that mm-hmm. that kind of uh uh what 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 it's is the like word a delay strategy they had the higher ground and and they just let france kind of spin their wheels yes. as they were mm-hmm. they were and then get to a point where he was like all right just send the art, art, artillery or, or the infil- infantry infantry right right now we attack yeah um yeah it's it's fascinating mm-hmm. um so i was very yeah, interested on. to hear from gustavo about the little tidbit about how kind of naive juarez or yeah Juarez was when he was almost like the three overly inv- kind yeah, yeah. and he let all three of these invaders, con- invading countries just come inland to get away from the disease it's like that's kind of like where you stall them right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's if you're trying to gain well, an advantage <laughs> Well, he believed them, and to a degree, he was right. He was right about the English and the Spanish. They were able to come to an agreement, uh, but the French had ulterior motives. But you know what I just thought of is that, you know, we we 
there's no there's a lot of shots that get bought on um on Cinco de Mayo as well. People do a lot of drinking and take a lot of shots. People should buy people on the on the ground floor should buy shots for the people on the higher ground. That's what mm. should happen. There should be people. Oh, in so balconies. the first floor, first yeah. floor should buy uh, for the second floor. Yeah, that the Mexicans if you're in a two story bar. Are, this what? is a very is specific scenario. You have to be in a two-story bar in order for this to <laughs> Well, maybe shorter people should buy shots for taller no, people. No, I refuse. The short I refuse. people have it bad enough. <laughs> I refuse. Um, I thought it was interesting that his ultimate blame or choice was to blame it on the infighting, which we did have yeah. on the board as a possibility when we talked about this initially, which I feel like perhaps we've away from it because it seemed like victim blaming perhaps but um it's interesting to revisit that concept that we spent so much time that the mexican people spent so much time fighting amongst themselves that they made themselves vulnerable to outside forces as a result right yes i think for me that is such a key piece to this uh puzzle because it's a reminder that you know I'm always trying to analyze in my own life, like what what is worth the fight, what is worth fighting about, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the the constant fighting over the smaller things really weakens you for when you have to have those wow. big battles. Wow, right? That's incredible. That just blew my mind. <laughs> no, really, though. Like diplomacy, as, micro diplomacy is what you're talking about. I guess it's like working things out in a peaceful way is really exhausting, but it's worth it ultimately because you'll avoid the bigger fights. I mean, listen, this is what they've been saying, you know, with all this like Russian interference and the hacking and the like bots, they're trying to create the infighting here in America so that, you know, I mean, who knows what they're going to try and do, but so that they can create some kind of level of chaos in our own society so it's like yeah we got to avoid getting caught up in that because something bigger could be coming along that we're missing because we're not paying attention um like all the petty stuff that we fought over while you know trump was president and now all of a sudden uh we get the news yesterday about uh roe versus wade uh yes you're just like draft opinion yeah why did i care about trump's tweets so much you know (laughs) Well. Keep your eye on the prize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not going to even get into that because it's too depressing, and yep. we're <laughs> it's extremely depressing. It's, uh, but it, it is, it is a cautionary tale. Um, so I guess that begs the question: we Do we want to revisit what, what we did throw in the jail was French imperialism, and we give the big slap to the Jecker bonds? Um, do you, how are you feeling about that post uh, interview with Gustavo? Um, I feel like we should change it. I feel like I, I think Gustavo made a good point, and maybe it's because uh, the the past few days have <laughs> really <laughs> uh, sh- shook. I- I'm shook, as they say. <laughs> um, I think that what he said, which was you know infighting, really, um, sure. was was really what allowed was a big contributor. I, I just think it was a major contributor to this um this war. And this Do you battle. think it's a jail it's a jail candidate or a big slap candidate? I think we 
we jail it and we slap imperialism. So, okay. <laughs> all right. So French imperialism, you're getting the big slap. Infighting. You're going to the alarmist jail. So, I mean, I, I just, I, I, I loved speaking with Gustavo and I, I'm, I'm uh, very aware right now of what that infighting, you know, causes or, or I don't know. It's, it just feels like such a distraction sometimes from the, from the big problem, right? The, 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 the big problem that we're really, um, mm-hmm. yes, we well, just conserve our energies for. True. And, uh, it's, it's also, you know, infighting, you know, that's also a vote of confidence for, uh, persuasion. Give, give persuasion a try, try diplomacy. Let's be cordial with each other. Let's be, um, mm-hmm. forthright and, 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 um, try discussing and, mm-hmm. and working these things out peacefully. Um, so before we go, I just want to, you know, ask our listeners to really take a moment to rate, review and subscribe to our podcast. Um, I think it's one of the things that's keeping us going. Uh, it really promotes us and, and creates visibility out there. Um, so if you could take a moment, to, if you haven't already done so, please, please take a moment uh, to do so right now. Clayton, are there any new reviews that we have? Yes, we do have a really uh, fun review that I'd like to share with the Alarmy. Okay. Uh, this one comes from Common Courtesy 2133. <laughs> Great name. Five star, right? <laughs> well, we'll see Five how courteous stars. they are. Yeah, let's see just how courteous. They already covered my hometown disaster, the Lindbergh baby, but I was hooked from episode one. Rebecca has a beautiful balance of humor and gravitas as she covers all these disasters. She and her team fact checker Chris, number one best guy, Amanda and Clayton. (laughs) All right. Very courteous. Sorry. Gives me hope that we might learn from our mistakes, all while making sure the fashion industry has their toes held to the fire. Each week is something new and events from around the world. The guests and the expert interviews have been above and beyond in humor and quality. I highly recommend the Dodo Aftermath episode. Never thought I'd get jazzed about a bird except by here. But uh, Sorry. Never thought I'd get jazzed about a bird except here we are. Alarm is strong. Our panic is everyone's panic. Yes, our panic is everyone's panic. <laughs> oh. I have to go re-listen to that Dodo Bird episode. That yeah. was a while ago. I love that expert. He was awesome. Um, <laughs> well, thank you, Common Courtesy. <laughs> 211, I think. Yeah, 2133. Two, um, 2133. Um, thanks for the kind words and, uh, you know... Chris, you are you're our number one best number guy. Number one best. <laughs> guy. I got a mug that says that and everything. <laughs> okay, we sell that checker. <laughs> well, tune in next week because we are going to be discussing the murders of Norman Bates. Erios. Powered by 
Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.